This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Fill her up! You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. Ladies and gentlemen, your host for the House of Hardcore podcast, Tommy Dreamer! Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the House of Hardcore podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Dreamer. And uh, welcome to my first podcast of uh, 2023. I've been on hiatus, didn't really give a reason, um, kind of a private person, even though when I do these things, I open up uh, a lot going on uh, in my real world. Uh, I'll start from like besides my busy ass schedule um, going on. Probably towards the end of October, my mom had a stroke and uh, a lot of days where it was really bad. And like I'd visit her every day. I'm a mama's boy. And uh, I was like, this is the last day I'm going to see my mom. She was on death's door. And luckily, uh, I now know where I get my I always knew where I got my craziness from. But I also know where I get my toughness and my strength from. Uh, It's definitely my mom. She uh she made a, a hell of a recovery. She had no mobility in her legs for I think four days. And like she couldn't move them at all. And then it slowly started coming back. Um and then like first you're in the hospital, then you go from the hospital, you go to a rehab center, and the hospital was amazing, um, took great care of her. And so was the rehab place, uh, was a place called Burke Rehab Facility. If uh, anyone you ever know that lives in the New York area suffers a stroke, I highly recommend this place. And then they move you to another place just because uh, it's amazing how many people uh, suffer from stuff like this. And you go through all the rehab and then she finally got out. Um, she was able to, we were able to spend Christmas with her in the sense of we went over to her house and my mom will not have a home health aid and she did everything by herself. I mean, learning how to walk, learning how to do so much stuff on her own again. And also, you know, my mom is 82 years old. She'll be 83 in May. So uh, that was a heavy thing. Um, 
and, and a big reason for this podcast is um, I kind of always tell stories, but it's also like there's a point to all my madness. During this time, I also have a sister and probably about two weeks in, me and my sister are talking and then she's like, hey, I got to talk to you and this is going to be really, really hard. And I hear her voice start cracking. And it was a hard conversation to have. And I first thought like something was wrong with my mom. And then my sister said something was wrong with her. And it was uh, devastating news. She has cancer. And she's like, you have to take over because I can't help you because I have to help myself. And she's like, and I, we're not going to tell mommy. We both call her mommy still. We're still children. Um, and she also didn't want to tell her youngest daughter. Uh, my niece is getting ready for the Olympics and didn't want to have her to have a setback. So it was uh, a lot. And then uh, my sister had to have a surgery to have uh, her stuff taken care of. And then she almost died in surgery. I'm sorry, after surgery. So she's like, I can't die and not tell, you know, my family. So we just had to wait. And that was for after the holidays. So again, now my mom who refuses uh, to have home health care was, that's right, I have to do it. And, you know, dealing with the elderly and, and man, if you're working with elderly people, um, you can't get paid enough because it's very, very time consuming. And I know how stubborn I am in my 50s. I don't know how I'm going to be however old if I was become 82 years old. But you want to have your life. You want to have your own life that you've built. My mom still lives on my on her own. My mom still works, um, not because she has to, because she wants to. She's very, very. Um, she always says, "I got to keep going because if I just stop, I'm just going to wither away." And she doesn't want that. My mom always, you know, made she made all my wrestling outfits from the first day to the last day. Uh, I still have them all. Uh, all my robes she made outfits for the boys and then she's like wrestlers are too um picky on what they want plus she was like i don't feel like measuring men in their growing area so she's crazy um so you know dealing with that dealing with my sister uh it's a lot i also can't see my sister because i travel so much and my you know my I'm around a lot of people and her now immune system is compromised and, and um, she's also died, almost died a second time due to have an allergic reaction to the treatment. And these are all things that I'm going on with uh, in my life. Hence why, you know, I, I do travel a lot with wrestling, indies, impact, doing busted open. So I didn't have time. Plus I didn't really feel like talking, um, I kind of say I, I could feel I went into a bit of a depression myself. Um, I mean, that also stemmed from uh, I like to eat and then it's also food is there for me. And I plumped up to a whopping 326 pounds or also had to do with my own health. Um, I had to go on prednisone and it uh, put on a lot of weight. I had to go on it twice and it, you know, I even said, man, if I was 250 pounds, my, my, my ideal weight is 250 to 255. And I put on 60 pounds, I'd be 305. Well, I was 270 and I went up and up and up and it's hard. It's a lot harder when you get older. Um, I'm currently 
like I, I set goals and I was like, man, at hard to kill, I'm going to at least be in the two eighties. And I did it at hard to kill. I hit two eighty-eight, and I was very, very proud of myself. Um, battle with my weight my whole life. And then, uh, that weekend I come home from hard to kill two ninety-six. That's right. I gained eight pounds from a Wednesday to a whatever day. I think I came home on that Monday. That's how quickly you could gain weight. It takes forever to lose it. And then you can so quickly to gain because again, you're working, I'm working late. I'm eating like crap. There's cookies around and, and I do, I struggle and I, and I hate it. And plus like every time my phone rings, I worry about my mom. I worry about, you know, my sister. So uh, that's kind of what's been happening uh, with me. I set my goal for no surrender to be in the two seventies. I didn't hit that. Um, I was uh, two eighty six, no two eighty four, um, and I was pissed at myself. Right now, and I, speaking of again, go away that weekend. Two eighty four. I weighed myself right before I left, and then I came back, and I weighed two ninety something maybe two. So I gained another eight pounds, um, just eating like garbage. So with all that said, uh, I'm currently 284 and I'm kind of done with like eating like garbage. We had a uh, TV tapings recently and I did pretty good just because it is my health and dealing with like my mother and my sister and seeing their health. I want to live a healthier lifestyle. And also when, you know, you look in the mirror and you don't like what you look like, that weighs heavy on you. Um, but you can't fall into that depression because like, here's like my two, I guess, messages from all this. Number one, your life changes in a second. Um, mine went and my sister's like went to very bad um, between my mom and then her own health. And like my sister has a beautiful family and like everything like quickly changed in like a heartbeat, like within a week. And like I always say. You need to reach out to people that you haven't talked to or try to, I don't want to even say bury hatchets, but like, if you think about people, you call them or you know, like, don't blow it off because, you know, we, we've all experienced way too much people passing as well as like when life changes, like, you know, they're simple, like people calling you little things like that. I, I got a phone call from Shannon Moore, that man, he's just like, Hey man, three people just been talking to you. I heard three Tommy Dreamer references and day and i just want to check on you so i told him everything uh that was going on but um things like that make you feel better they really do so uh reach out to people when you can that's my one message and my other one is like you know kind of take care of yourselves um i joke about how much i eat like i said i have been trying and it is so so hard and people that have been uh fighting with you know, their weight, they totally get this. And, but I've also been on the other scale. That's right. A young Tommy dreamer. And I've told this story used to take weight gainer and like, cause I couldn't gain weight and I was super thin. And I remember, you know, crying because I wanted to be a wrestler so bad. And like, I just didn't you know I was tall and skinny. And now I cry on the other end because I'm tall and fat. Actually, I've lost uh, two inches from a broken neck and a broken back. Cause I used to be six, three and now I'm six, one. Um, but you also got to be happy with yourself and you got to love yourself. And for a while I, I wasn't, I was, uh, I don't like 
what I see. And then you go downstairs and you have food and food has always been there for me and my dogs, but uh, it's hard. It really, really is. And, you know, when you're in a depression, you, you normally don't know when you're depressed. Um, Some people, if you think about it, it's a blessing when you could say I'm depressed because you at least could recognize it. I was this way a long time ago after ECW went out of business and I like was down to like 235 and went to WWE and the rest is history. But uh, you you just got to really do. You got to love yourself. I don't have and I you got to realize that, man, something's not right in the sense of like you got to get your head back in the game because I like I said, I watched my mom struggle for life and not want to die. And it was out of her hands and we only have one life. Um, my mother, as of we're recording this, what is today's date? I'm recording this on Wednesday, March 8th, uh, the Thursday before my mom got cleared to drive full. Like she's going head first. She was going back to work and, um, she got a hundred percent. Your blood pressure is good. You don't having, you know, you're, you're cleared. You're medically cleared to, to go back and live your life. And like I said, we're recording this May 8th, uh, May 8th, March 8th, March 7th. Uh, my mom called me up, which is rare when my mom calls me uh, in the mornings. She's like, Tom, I can't get out of bed. And then she was like, I just, my legs hurt. And like, I can't physically move my legs. And they just so like heavy. And I was like, Ma, we're going to go to the hospital. And then sure as shit, she had another stroke yesterday. I feel so bad for her. She's going to make it. But I feel very, very bad for her because like all that rehab and all that work I felt is was gone. And like she works so hard to to go back to live her normal life, like reteach herself how to walk, do all this physical therapy again at 82 years old and then to have another stroke. Um, so, and sadly the process starts again, but it's not going to affect, uh, the house of hardcore podcast. And, uh, I'm going to continue to work even harder because, uh, when I spoke to her, she was just like, well, now I got to work even harder to get back to my normal life, which is very commendable at 82 years old. Um, so that's kind of been going on with me. I have, you know, I, yes, I still do bust it open. I, I, I love it. It's a lot of, uh, um, therapy for me, but you know, you just gotta keep on going on. Um, and my mom says all the time, I got to keep on going, keep on going because there was days when I would call her just to check on her. If I, you know, again, I was taking care of her, but, I wasn't with her 24 seven because she also didn't want that. And then it's like, um, she'd be sleeping and she's like, I just, I hate this. I just fall asleep. Or when they're trying to get her medicine, uh, correct. She's like, I just fall asleep. I don't want to just be sleeping my days away. Cause how many more days do I have left? Honestly, how many days do any of us have left? We don't know. So, uh, I got to continue living my, my life. Everyone else, uh, does too. So those are my two uh, little stories and kind of where my House of Hardcore podcasts had gone away. I thank you, everyone, for supporting it. Um, And I appreciate Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. 
Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I really do. Um, so we're back. I got some cool guests lined up for the next few weeks already, because I'm trying to get a few in the can just in case something like this happens. But uh, you guys have committed to me, so I got to commit to you. I got to thank everyone at Gas Digital for standing by me. There really are a bunch of really, really good people that care. I got a lot of great producers. This is my man, G Mike. And uh, that whole uh, that whole group has been amazing. Same with everyone at Busted Open, because they kind of know. And uh, same with Impact. Um, there's been times like uh, we have meetings and I have to miss them because when you're working with an elder person, you know, it's it's nothing takes 10 minutes. Um, but even like yesterday, I had a meeting that I couldn't miss. And I was like, hey, man, um, my mom, I'm at the hospital, I waited seven hours till she got a bed uh, with her. And like they're doing all the tests and, you know, I had to stick, stay by her. So uh, just thank everybody that's kind of supported me and thank, you know, the, the wrestling fans. And, and that's the real life shit that has uh, been going on. And it is shit. And I hate I hate for anyone to be going through this. I wish we just had all like perfect lives, but we don't. But that's part of life. And I'm going to keep on going. So I hope uh, each and every one of you do as well. Um, Now. I was part of another controversial thing on Saturday night. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, the picture that went viral. Loggate, as I like to uh, call it. I was the main event of Loggate that night. And this goes back to something that I've experienced firsthand. And as well as the world uh, should kind of take note. Judging a book by its cover. And I'm a big advocate for not judging a book by its cover or or going from a picture. If I could talk about Loggate and you've seen it uh, on the Internet, but it's also the digital part of, you know, the House of Hardcore podcast, my return on 2023. Um, there was a log posted on social media. That looked like it was holding up the ring. And everyone made comments. Wrestlers made comments. Fans made comments. Um, long story short. That day, uh, they were setting up the ring. The ring skirts were late. Uh, the ring canvas was late. Don't know what happened to it. And I wrestled for this organization many times. Always had a great pleasure. The ring ropes snapped, which happens everywhere. And so they're quickly fixing it, quickly fixing it. They're also outside was fans waiting. There was also a birthday party. Um, and there was a lot of people who like had paid money to, to see this show. Now, the one thing I got to tell you is I have seen worse than Loggate in the sense of the floor was uneven. And if you went to one side of the ring, it's kind of like was like a broken table. 
because the flooring was uneven. So you would get like kunk kunk if you ran to that one side of the ring. And we've all have been in places where a table was lopsided. I'm going to give you back and you all could go back and watch it either on the Peacock or watch it on uh, YouTube. Ravens, one of his returns to ECW. We're wrestling in Atlanta. It was the weekend where Dusty Rhodes first debuts and he's wrestling a wrestler. I want to say it was like a super callow. It was someone from WCW wearing a mask, throws the person outside the ring, beats him up, throws him back inside the ring, and he tries to get into the ring and he can't. And I we kept telling everybody, hey, the floor is uneven. And they put like little pieces of wood to hold up the entire ring. It was also a circle meeting a square because it was on a stage. So we had to tell everyone, hey, we built this little makeshift ramp. Be careful because if not, you're going to fall off. And but the ring is elevated because of the floor is really warped, whatever, due to water damage. And they put like maybe eight pieces of wood, but like stacked small pieces of wood. Anyway, Raven couldn't get in the ring. It was actually very funny because he's seriously trying to pull himself into the ring. And then at the end of the show, I remember showing uh, when the ring crew showed us all the boards broke. And the only way they were hanging, it was about eight pieces. The only reason why they stood together is like if you stacked Oreos and then all your Oreos cracked. But for some reason, they all stayed together like or else this ring was collapsing. Uh, I've been part of where rings collapse. I've been part of where ropes have broken. Um, me particular ropes have never broken when I'm wrestling, but in shows. Um, I know also this was in ECW. We also one time, and I've seen other people do this, had where the padding was wearing down and the ring would like slope. And also, well, for noise, there was stop sign under the canvas. So what are the wrestlers then doing? Bumping on a stop sign or bumping on street signs that were stolen from streets or borrowed, I should say. Um, so we're bumping on metal. So a ring is can is canvas, then padding, then wood, then metal. I've also been in rings that were, and and when every wrestler jumped on it, I was like, man, you have all wrestled in worse rings. We've all wrestled with worse ropes. I have been stabbed on indie shows from turnbuckles where the hooks of the wiring have cut me, got on my arm, in my back, different places, or even shreds of rope have cut me, not rope, like at the end of it is the, is the exposed steel cable. And it has cut me, like stabbed me. Um, when I had started House of Hardcore, that was like my, one of my first things. Like I kept renting somebody's ring and I just wasn't happy the way the, the ropes looked. How And then I was like, you know what? I just got to get my own ring. Because as a wrestler, I appreciate that. I have wrestled on, you know, rings that have had no canvas. I'm sorry, no, I have wrestled with no canvas. No padding. It's just wood. I was trained in a boxing ring. So maybe that's what helped make me stupid hardcore. But then it's also being safe. If I could go back to Loggate, that was the only reason that thing was there. And the biggest misconception, it wasn't holding up the ring. It really wasn't. The ring had four posts and it was all set. 
And underneath the ring, some places have a cable that you put in an X that makes the ring hold steady. That's what snapped, which caused the ropes to break. And all they do is they retighten it. I've seen it happen on a million shows, but everyone wants to throw their opinion on something that just wasn't uh, truth. And then they want to go after the promotion and all that stuff. And, and all it was, was it was just for extra support of just in case you hit that ring. And every talent was told, hey, this is happening. Just be safe out there. Like every show, there was a low ceiling. I literally from standing can touch the ceiling with my hand. And there were still wrestlers that went off the top rope. I personally was in that ring and I believe I took one bump because I'm going to be extra safe because I am older. Also, I fight on the floor because I'm hardcore. Um, there was a multi-person match that was off the charts and all the wrestlers like busted their ass. And like from the first match, like I saw it, I watched it and I was like, man, this ring sounds great is bouncing. I asked the wrestlers who had one hell of a performance. And the first thing I told them was like, guys, you tore it up. How's the ring. And they were like, Oh, not bad. The ropes are a little loose, but besides that, it's actually a good ring. Um, and you know, when I get into the ring, if anyone's ever noticed what I do is I usually clean my feet and then I bounce my back off the top rope. Why? To see how the ropes are. And then I walk around and what I'm doing is seeing where there's holes in if wood moves, if uh, there's dips, because if you hit one of those dips or if you hit where those wood openings are, you're going to blow out your knee, get hurt. So that's what I kind of do. I test out the ring before I actually go in, in it because so many wrestlers um, like I, you do so many shows and so many wrestling companies have different rings. That's the one thing that like you do miss about um, a WWE or an AEW or an impact wrestling is like, they usually have very, very professional rings, but I've also been in very, very bad rings. You know, I know it's changed, but like WWE's overseas rings were horrible because they were just stored until the WWE went overseas. Um, all the wrestlers will talk about like the eighties where those rings were not only 20 by 20, but they would be like so big. And like, also when it's big, it's going to hurt more when you're bumping, which makes you appreciate the hard work of a lot of those guys. And you'll see the moves that they've taken. Um, I've wrestled in 20 by 20s, 18 by 18, 16 by 16 and 14 by 14s and 14 by 14s are like oof in the sense of because they're so small. But, you know, as performers, we all go out there and we perform to the best of our ability. And I was actually very proud of the men and women that worked on that show. I wish some of them worked a little smarter, but they all went all out, even though they had the pre-existing connotation that this ring was bad, but the ring wasn't bad. And then everybody, like I said, went out there from pitchers and, you know, either posted jokes or whatever. But I mean, honestly, when a ring has all four posts, it's safe and that's what's holding it up and yes you're going to get crappy rings and crappy boards uh 
ECW, man, you, you've seen where rings collapsed. In ECW, we see where, you know, for anyone who lived it, we had rings that were break or ropes that were break. You know, the famous Mike Awesome spot. We had that all the time. We were renting somebody's ring. And then it was, I believe, Taz, who was just like, that's it, man. We're going, this company's going for, Paul, you're getting your own ring. We're no longer relying or a ring shows up late. late. And it was, you're no, we're no longer relying on somebody else's ring plus why because we were, taz was a wrestler when i started my own company i'm a wrestler this is my where i work i want to have the best for myself and for others because i don't want to get stabbed i don't want somebody else to get hurt in my ring um and then it was like well if you have a ring then you also got to have a ring crew you also got to have all this stuff a way to transport it there there's so many then it goes to expenses a, a big reason why like for me when i'm not doing house of hardcore during the pandemic like i paid four thousand dollars for my ring and i don't rent it out i'm not i'm no longer running shows and i'm spending five hundred dollars a month to store it so now i'm losing money on this thing that i'm never using and it was just like, you know what? I got to give it to somebody, sell it, try to make some money back because I'm I'm not doing House of Hardcore shows anymore, wrestling shows. Um, So it, it's like all these variables, but my biggest variable that I kind of want to take away from like this, what I keep on talking about is everybody made jo jokes, comments, uh, not at me, but because of, of a picture. And it was just a massive misrepresentation of actually what went on. And if any wrestler made a comment negative, I got to tell you, you've all wrestled in way worse rings and you all have done way bigger risks than wrestling in that ring that night because I was in that ring and it was fine. And uh, it's just kind of like a statement for how you got to view stuff on social media when you don't have all the facts you know, maybe lay off some of the negative. Uh, the joking is is ha ha, and a lot of wrestlers were, and, and forget about like the fans because the fans they weren't a part of that situation. But if you're gonna add to it, like just you know, I guess either be kind because I'll tell you my my last part of this. There was a birthday party for a kid, and uh, he waited outside with his parents because they were you know fixing the ring. And a massive part about what you do, and for me, I think about wrestling. I think about wrestling uh, whenever I talk about wrestling. It's it's me and my dad. My dad is not sick. My dad died of Parkinson's disease. And he's when I think about times with, that I had with wrestling, it's a carefree time. I had nothing to worry about. Both my parents were alive. Um, I'm watching this favorite thing I love called professional wrestling. I have no bills to pay. I have nothing to worry about except who's going to win or lose a match. And it wrestling takes me back to that place, especially like if I do think of my dad, I don't think about the bad times. I think about the good times and that for this kid's birthday party, um, him and all his friends, man, they had an amazing time. Uh, and like it was a moment for them instead of a kid's birthday party being ruined and they didn't know about this uh, log until one wrestler who were named nameless me pointed it out 
Um, and I told everyone they should take a picture with it. And the log wasn't charging for its eight by 10. So get it because the log was going to get popular. And sure as shit, the log did get popular. The log went viral. But uh, it was about creating moments for that kid. And, and those kids, they probably were like between eight and nine. They didn't know about the ropes broke breaking or the ring, uh, the floor being unsettled. All they knew is that they had a great time at a professional wrestling show. And they got to see hopefully future stars, a past star and myself. And they just had a great time with their family and the organization and myself and above and beyond with, with the family. There was also another, and, and this happens at every indie show, like, Hey, these people bought my tickets or they just oversold front row. We got to get front row. Like everybody went above and beyond to, accommodate people if they were oversold tickets and but honestly man it was it was a fun show and it was also a fun show for um it was in a vfw hall what is a vfw hall for veterans and helps raise money for veterans people who um you know fought for our freedom a lot of wrestlers you play um fake heroes but these are the real heroes and uh it was just an overall good fun night and then driving home my friend calls like oh my god can you believe this and i was like yeah dude i was at that show and uh it was just like then you see a lot of the negativity and it's unwarranted um ain't gonna affect my life i'm just trying to uh pay it forward because like i said in uh earlier it's a lot bigger things going on with me where again like i see people that i love fighting for their life um people who are sick um, trying to have a better day. So I just kind of want everyone to try to have a better day and uh, just trying to give some truth and shed some light on good old log gate because uh, it wasn't uh, what everyone had expected it to be. So with that being said, like I said, next week I'll, we'll have some guests and we'll have more and more guests. I'm going to keep on going and I hope you do too. I love you all. And I appreciate everyone so, so much. Uh, keep on listening to the House of Hardcore podcast. Listen to all the podcasts here on Gas Digital. Uh, listen to Busted Open. Support every professional wrestling company. And like I said, I love you guys. And uh, that's this week's episode of the House of Hardcore podcast.